Welcome to A Second Chance at Life. I am your host, Arvella Beckworth. Adversity can oftentimes feel isolating, especially if you're the strong friend like me. I created this podcast to be your accountability partner and strategist, giving you the tools to build and enjoy the life of your dreams. Each week, you'll hear motivating stories, life-changing interviews, along with actionable tips and strategies that you can apply to do life over again. So whether this is your second, third, or even fourth chance, it's always a great time to start over and build better. Now, let's get to work. Welcome to a Second Chance at Life podcast. I am the host, Arvilla Beckworth. And this is a bonus episode. Good morning, you guys, and happy Monday. This episode that I'm bringing to you, I actually did back in 2020. It was uh, my second interview that I've ever done. And when we both started off, we were both actually uh, in the same class working together. Now she's my coach and she's doing amazing online. Her brand has really blown up. So today, take a listen as I talk to Miss Kiera Sade. When people ask me who I am, that's a really hard question for me because I don't like to put myself in a box of titles. So, you know, I can be all these things. I can be a friend, a daughter, a mother, a flight attendant, um, a writer, an encourager. But the, the only thing that I really like to to put a title on, if I could say who I am, and that would be a follower of Jesus Christ. That's that's who I am. I'm a mm-hmm. follower of Jesus Christ, regardless of any of these titles or hats that I put on to wear. That's who I am. What I do, it depends on the day. You know, it, it depends mm-hmm. on exactly what day it is, because, again, I wear several hats, just like um, several other black women and particularly black mothers that I know. We got to know how to put on put on many hats. But what I strive to do every day is to reach my maximum potential, reach the potential that I know God put inside of me. And and I do that by just trying to be 1% better than I was the day before, you know, mm-hmm. just just 1% better. You know, I don't try to go all out like I used to because that's an easy way to get discouraged, fail, quit, give up. I just try mm-hmm. to be a little bit better than I was yesterday because if you're 1% better than you was yesterday, if you do that for a year, at the end of the year, you're 365% better, a better person than you were right. last year. So that's that that if I if I could put into words who I am and what I do, that's that's what I do. And I try to help as many in particular black mothers do the same thing, regardless of their industry, regardless of their profession, regardless of if they are married or not, if they are a mother and they are black, not saying that I'm limited to just those people, but that's who I relate to because that's, you know, that's what I do every day. I'm a black person every day. I'm a mother every day for the rest of my life. So, Mm -hmm. and I know the struggles that I went through. I know why I went into becoming an, an exotic entertainer for 12 years. You know, I know why I stayed there and, the reasons why I stay there is the reasons why I'm called to this particular group of people. You know, I've seen so many black mothers in an environment that they did not want to be in because they're a black mother, you know, and many of them are doing this, this, 
mother thing on their own, you know, Mm -hmm. all their children have is them to depend on. So, yeah, that's what I do. That's my mission to help the black female community, particularly mothers, create some generational wealth, you know, so they can they can take their children wherever they want to. You know, I've taken my children on many trips, but it was with stripper money. It was with money that I wouldn't encourage them to go and get. I, I, mm-hmm. I do this because I want I want to be I want them to be able to work when they want to, where they want to, to be able to spend an efficient and sufficient amount of time with their children. Because we have this stigma that black mothers, especially ones that are not getting help from the fathers. I don't like to call people single mothers because it's just I like to watch my words. So I'll say the mm-hmm. ones that are not getting help from the father, they have to work want two jobs or one job 70 hours a week you know they have to work so much that they don't get to spend time the time with their children that they would if they were getting that help from the father or if they weren't struggling so much financially so I do this for them I do this um so that they'll have something to pass down to their children I I want them to help them build generational wealth so they will have something to pass down to their children you know, we can't pass our jobs down to our children. We, right. We, I mean, so that that's why that group of of women are so important to me. That's that's my that's my calling. That's that's why I desire to help them so much. Mm. Um, Love that. Now, also, as you were telling me, uh, telling us about your background. Would you mind kind of expanding more for the ladies what you're talking about? I will. So starting from kind of like the middle of my life, um, I'm 34 right now. So I was I was double from I'm 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 pretty smart, you know. Uh, if I if I would say so myself when I want to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I was <laughs> I was double promoted and I graduated college at 16. Went to college, went to Michigan State, stayed there for a few years. And I just up and decided I wanted some more money. And Mm -hmm. so I got a job as a projectionist. I was a projectionist at a movie theater, started working too much. I got addicted to the money. You know, they say that the the root of all evil is the love of money. So I got addicted to making all this money and I started slacking off in school. And I started looking for a different way to make even more money without having to go to school because I didn't quit school at, you know, at some point in time. I'm like, it's going to take me too long to get some money that way. I need some money now. And I started going and I, you know, to cut the story short, I became um, a stripper, an exotic entertainer. I was always athletic. I was a gymnast, a cheerleader. I ran track. I danced. So I was very, very athletic. So me learning the aspect of the pole, the art of exotic dancing came to me mm-hmm. so easily and so naturally. And this is a lesson I want to pull out right here too. Just because something comes so easily and so naturally to you doesn't always necessarily mean that that is something that you should be doing. Mm. Although mm. people tell you, do what comes easy to you, do what comes naturally to you. Sometimes... What comes easy and naturally to you is not something that you should be doing or you may use it in a way that you should not be. It may be a gift that God gave you, but you're using that gift in the wrong way. 
So just to add that in there, but it all came naturally to me. So I got into this industry and I had started, I had my first daughter maybe like two years within being in the industry. And I really got addicted to the fast money, um, being able to go to work when I want all the things I like, all the things that makes being an entrepreneur, um, worthwhile, me being able to work when I want to make as much money, not having a a cap on money, um, Mm -hmm. things like that, like, that that's what got me there making it fast making money every day i mean who doesn't get addicted to making money every day you know if i go to right. work i'm get i'm bringing home some money that day same with being an entrepreneur you get up you get on that computer or get out there sell those cakes those pies make that dress or whatever you're doing you're gonna make some money that day you don't have to wait a week or two weeks for a paycheck so i got addicted to all the things that i'm addicted to being an entrepreneur for and it j- I just got stuck. You know, I look up, it's five years later. It's 10 years later. I'm like, okay, how am I going to get out of this now? You know, because what do I do after this? How do I go from making $6,500 in a day to a, a job that's going to pay me $20 an hour? <laughs> right. You know, right. so <laughs> like <laughs> somebody gave me the answer to that and I could do that. Right. You know? But, um, <laughs> right. It, I couldn't find a way. I, so this is where all these businesses come that you see me uh, start the pole palace. I've had a boutique um, called Cafe Couture and I started, I don't even like picking out clothes. Like I'm not a shopper. I'm a mm. boy in that department. Like I will go to the mall, uh-huh. pick my clothes out, not try them on, get home and pray that they fit. And if they don't, they sit in my closet until I give them away. But <laughs> shopping is not my forte. I did this because again, I'm good at it. Here's another lesson. Again, just because you're good at something does not mean that that's what you should do. So I Mm. was good at business, you know, and the two people that came to me about, they wanted me to go in on this venture with them because they knew I'm good at business. I can build business. So, Hey, come do this. Had no interest whatsoever in selling clothes and sitting inside of a boutique and helping another woman try on some clothes and tell her what she looked at. No desire whatsoever. Like, and I did this, <laughs> wasted time, wasted money, you know. And again, this was something that, you know, wasn't supposed to happen. There's a lesson in it all. You know, everything you do, if you're not supposed to be doing it, there's a lesson in there that you should learn and take away so that you don't have to learn it again. But that's when I started, right. you know, trying to become a, what I would call a real entrepreneur because a stripper is essentially entrepreneur, you know, but <laughs> a, a legitimate entrepreneur in God's eyes, if I would say, you know. And so, right. I, I was could because I was stuck and I couldn't. I was just thinking about this yesterday. I was like, in my because I do an hour of quiet time with God. You know, there's a lady that I follow named Tiffany Montgomery, and she is amazing. And she mm, she is she, she is so she is. amazing. But she um she submitted to her audience that we should do an hour of skin to skin time with God. Basically, you know, um, meditate. If if you can't grasp skin to skin, it's basically meditation. Like no talking, no worshiping, no praying, no nothing, because it's skin to skin. That you're a baby with God. Right. Babies can't do anything. They can't move. They can't talk. They can't do anything besides cry and sit there and enjoy that skin to skin contact time with their parent. And so this is something that she submitted. So in my doing this, it was brought to my remembrance. 
that there was a time where I just didn't, I thought I was going to be somebody granny up in that club because I could not find my way out. Oh, okay. I, I couldn't find my way out. I couldn't figure, I would quit. I would go back. I would quit. I would go back. I just could not figure out you know, my way out. And I was just sitting there thinking like, I have no desire. I haven't had any desire to go back inside of there, even as a bartender, because I bartended my last two years and I quit July 3rd of last year. I haven't had any mm-hmm. desire or any relapses or anything. It's kind of like I was addicted to a drug. It's like I, I, I'm sober off of the strip club and I'm just like, wow, you know, God really is amazing. Mm-hmm. If you really just trust him, give it to him, trust him, trust that just because you can't see your way out or see your way into whatever it is that you desire doesn't mean that it's not going to happen or it can't happen. It's going to happen. Right. You just have to be patient enough and keep the faith long enough to see it come to fruition. Because again, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and so many of us hear this all the time. We hear this. And this is another thing that came up. We hear all the time, just trust God from everybody that's super successful right now. Right. It's like, yeah, easy for you to mm-hmm. say that, but you don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't understand where I'm at right now. Like how, right? You know, how do I do How do I trust God? Like ain't nothing happening right now. Easy for you to come on here and smile and say that. You know, but how? When is he gonna move? When is he gonna make a move? What do I do in the meantime while I'm waiting on him and trusting him? What do I do? How do I not worry about it? Especially as a mother, you know, especially as a black woman. We 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 we've been conditioned to be so strong and and to be the one that everybody counts on. It's like how do I how do I go into that vulnerable place and and, and be vulnerable right now and not count on myself, but count on God. How do I do that? Right. And so it's not really anything, again, I can explain, you know, but I know I had these same questions. It's just really something that you just got to do. Just like you got to go to work. It's just something that you got to do. You got to stop fighting it. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what it is. Maybe you're fighting it. You just got to stop fighting it and really submit and surrender and just know that it is, it's going to happen. It's already happened. In fact, it's already happened. It's just waiting on you to switch your, switch your vibrations of worrying and wondering when and just living and acting as if it's already happened. So I forgot what you even asked me or how we... That was good enough, trust me. No, somebody needed to hear that word. So, no, it's good. <laughs> now, how did you redefine your purpose and start over again? Um, let's see. So, I redefined my purpose and started over. Okay, let's say this. Oh, all these businesses that I started, right? I started them out of desperation, right? So, mm-hmm. These two businesses that I that I've started recently are not out of desperation. This is how I found um, my purpose, because I wasn't desperately looking for it. I let it just come to me again. These other businesses, I was trying to find a way out of the strip club in ways that God was not telling me was the way I was trying to make up my own way instead of letting him give it to me. I got a job. Mm -hmm. I got a career that I absolutely love. That's, you know, sustaining me. So I'm not 
you know, in a crunch for money. I'm not in a crunch for trying to get out of the strip club. And so now I can actually think level headedly and let divine downloads just come to me as they should, when they should. And that's how I was able to redefine my purpose. And because I mean, no way was my purpose to, to own a boutique. Like there, no way. I, I couldn't help anybody like that. I couldn't help the people that I'm assigned to in a boutique. I mean, maybe I could have again, cause I could be only assigned to one person and that lady could have come in there and needed to talk one day. I might've had been the one to talk her off of a bridge. She could have been ready to go kill herself that day. And that was the one life I needed to save because she's going to be the person that's going to change millions of lives. But, um, I'm, I'm walking in my purpose now when I found it by not mm. being so desperate for it and just letting it come to me, you know, acting as if I'm already walking in my purpose, doing the things that God mm-hmm. wants me to do every day. And eventually it just, it, it just came to me without me even looking for, just like they say a good man, I haven't found my, or my good man hasn't found me yet or however that works. <laughs> But <laughs> right, right. We, 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 we praying on that one. Trust me, we got you on that prayer. They say he comes when you're not looking. So mm-hmm. I mean, the same thing with your purpose. You can go looking for it, looking for it, looking for it. But honestly, it's gonna come find you. You know, it's it's gonna come and find you, just like that man. It's gonna come find you when you're not even looking for it, and it's gonna be so obvious. It's gonna plop right in your face, like wow. The whole time, you know, this was it. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And I see that you're not afraid to start over. So from the four different Instagram pages that you have to changing careers, how do you handle change? Girl. Because everybody's not, everybody can't handle change sometimes. Yeah, so this is true. And I just want to say, I'm like water. I just, I conform to what, what I'm being held in. Um mm. If it, it's, it's, I don't, I just don't resist change. Change is like the only thing that's constant. I know somebody said that somewhere. It's the only thing that's consistent and constant change. It's, it, change is going to happen. If you don't learn to pivot and embrace change, you're going to be stuck in the same place for the rest of your life. I mean, look at what's happening in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Right yes. now. If you're one of those people mm-hmm. that paused and didn't pivot after you paused, you're still stuck on pause. You're, you're still stuck yep. there. And so the word that I think about when I think about change to me is the, the word that triggers in my mind is the grace and, and not just any grace, but particularly God's grace, because um, God's grace is something we could never earn, you know, and some people know that mm-hmm. and some people don't. Yes. Again, I, I'm, I'm a baby in Christ. I just. You know, I just I just got my second chance um, maybe two years ago. But it's great. God's grace is freely given to us. And you, we, we there's not absolutely nothing we could do to deserve it. We're born into sin. And so I think studying God and how he's able to give us grace is what helps me to embrace change so much, because there is a certain type of grace that I need to extend myself as well as with everybody else. Everybody else needs to learn how to extend this grace to themselves too in order to be able to embrace change, in order to be able to embrace the mistakes that they've had in life or in order to be able to move forward. Um, 
there's some things in your life that that you've done that you know don't deserve you extending a certain type of grace to. For instance, I used to beat up on myself all the time for having my children out of wedlock. But how far is that going to get me? At some point, mm-hmm. I have to extend some grace, learn how to pivot, you know, because I didn't know I would be taking care of them on my own. Learn how to pivot, embrace that change and know that I'm purposed to help other women that are going through this too. Maybe this is something that I had to go through. Maybe this, this trial right here is something that I had to learn how to get through because the people that are assigned to me are the people that are going to go through this exact same problem. And I know how to speak to them. I know how to speak their language. I know how to help them get out of that. So I'm able to deal with change just because I know that that's a part of my assignment just as well as everybody else's change is a part of your assignment. You have to know how to change and be okay with it. You know, think the seasons change there. There's a scripture in the Bible that says there's a season for everything. And we know with seasons, things change. You have to know how to embrace change and, and, and love it. When you fall in love with change, you fall in love with the process. When you fall in love with the process, that is when, everything that you want and desire will manifest. Now, this podcast is called A Second Chance at Life. What advice can you give someone who needs it? Um, again, a second chance at life uh, would be, again, extending yourself some grace for everything that you did with your first chance at life. You know, I feel like if cats get nine lives, why wouldn't we be able to get nine lives? Why why can't we have as many chances? You know, to to give yourself a second chance is to give those that are depending on you a second chance at life. You got to know that whatever your purpose is, there's people, not even just your children, but there's people again, there, like I said, there, there may be come a time, there may be a time that has already happened where somebody saw what I said or heard what I said and it encouraged them to keep living, whereas they were thinking about taking their life that day. You know, so mm-hmm. I think giving yourself a second chance is not just about you, it's about showing um, gratitude to God. For him granting you a second chance, if he feel if he still has you here and he feels like you deserve a second, third or 100 chance, who are you to say that he's wrong? You know, who are you to say that you God said you deserve a second chance, but you say you don't. Who are you? He see he knows all Mm. he knows. way you all you can see is a little blip of your life. You know what I'm saying? And you feel like you don't deserve a second chance because of uh, your limited perspectives. He still has you here. You're here for a reason. And he, you're here to fulfill the purpose that he put inside of you. So therefore, you need to keep going regardless of how you're feeling today. I say this all the time. Your feelings are deceiving. You're feel, I, I really feel like your feelings are from the enemy. If, if they're negative, they're straight from the enemy because your feelings are just supposed to be, to me, a thermometer. It's just showing you what mm-hmm. the temperature is in a room. You're the thermostat. It's up to you to change that temperature and tell the thermometer what it's going to read. You feel me? I don't know if that's if, if that's clear or not, but 
you, mm-hmm. you you're, you're the one that gets to decide I'm gonna be happy today. Now you tell the thermometer because you're the thermostat. You tell the thermometer re happy today because that's what I decided that that's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do. And so second chances are all about again knowing that it's not about you. It's about the purpose that God put inside of you and not being selfish. We all know successful people became successful because nine times out of 10, they were serving. They weren't being selfish. It's your second chance is not even about you. It's about all those that are depending on you. What if a certain some person that changed your life? For me, it's like, what if Tiffany Montgomery decided not to be Tiffany Montgomery? What if she decided she don't want to be here no more 10 years ago? I don't know where Mm -hmm. I would be right now, you know, without certain, you know, instrumental people in my life to say yes to what it is that they were assigned to. And so we just got to know that, especially if they're listening, if, if these women are listening to your podcast, it's because they know that they have something inside of them that needs to be birthed. You know, they know they have something inside of them that the world needs and it's up to you you get to decide it's just a decision you get to decide that you're gonna give yourself a second chance because it's not just about you when you die and go to heaven god is not gonna ask you what you did for you you know it's Mm -hmm. gonna be what did you Mm -hmm. do for my people say that whatever Mm -hmm. you do for god's people is what he will do for you and i have that on my computer i look at this all the time it's Ephesians 6, 8. What you make happen for others, I will make happen to you, says God, saith the Lord. So a second chance, if we just take it off of, take it off of ourselves and saying, I, you know, why do I deserve a second chance? Or how do I give myself a second chance? And we put it on to those that we need to help. Then it becomes, it becomes easy. You know, it, it becomes like a no brainer, you know, like, okay, I need to be here for my children or for my mother or for whoever it is. I might not have even met them yet. I need to be here for them. I need to give myself a second chance for them. I need to start over for them. You know, and when we find purpose outside of ourselves is when we truly begin to walk in alignment with our assignment. And I love how you put that, you know, because once we think, it's supposed to be our journey for a second chance at life. Like you said, God's telling you that it's for others. And once we come out of that mind frame, it does become easier to say, you know what, I'm going to show up today, not for me, but for that woman that I might see at 7-Eleven every day I go to work and she's out there asking for money. Or is that young girl that I always see that's pregnant, you know, and she may not can't talk to me, but she sees me and wants to say something. So, no, thank you for pointing that out because that really brings a perspective to me. When I talk about a second chance at life, it's not about me. You know, even though I'm going through the journey, it's really yep. for those that I'm helping. Yeah. So I love You that. might not want to record that. a podcast one week. You might want to quit one week, but this is not for you. This is for those that you're assigned mm-hmm. to. You know, this this is not for you. If it was for you, you you may have would have been quit or you might do want to quit again. But this is not for you. This is how God is using you. He's using you. You have to let him use you. This is for your your second chances for God needs to use you to get to his people. So. Mm. Mm. Now that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> that's the word. 
Now tell me who or what motivates you when times get tough? Because I mean, besides Corona and besides, you know, what's protests and what's going on through everyday life, how do you stay motivated? Um, these these questions, you know what these questions kind of feed off of, I like the way you're asking me, it's kind of feed off of what I just spoke about. So what motivates me is those that I'm assigned to. Again, um, mm-hmm. it's not about me. If, if if I can help somebody avoid having to go through what I went through, then by all means, because I wish I had a me back when I was stuck in the strip club. You feel me? Uh, like, yes, I yes. wish I had a me. Mm-hmm. There might have been a me out there. I just couldn't find her you know and that's what helps me Mm -hmm. that's what motivates me to to look into marketing so to study marketing because we'll have all these great products and we'll have all this knowledge but we're not getting it out there the way we need to get it out there it's also our assignment to find the people that need us because they don't know how to find us a lot of them don't even know that they need us until they come across us you know, so what motivates me is helping those that that will because I'm a strong minded woman. There are so many things that I could have gotten caught up in in that strip club environment that I didn't just because I just so happen to be strong minded. Virgo, a lot of Virgo women are very strong minded. You know, I just so happen to be blessed mm-hmm. with that. But what about all the women that are not as strong minded? What right, about those right. that did get far victim to the drugs? And all the drinking and the the um, prostitution and being pimped. What about what about all of them? You know, because it's very very easy. I mean, the place is filled with the enemy. You know what I'm saying? It's it's absolutely mm-hmm. filled with the enemy. And it's like we we steadily open door opening doors. And when we open a door to sin, we don't get to decide which devil or which enemy comes in there. It's like it's like, so, okay, Tiffany Montgomery put it like this. It's like you going to sleep at night, you leave your door open and you think you're going to decide what type of burglar comes in. It could be a rapist. It could be mm-hmm. a, a white man. It could be a Mexican man coming to blow your house up. It could be somebody coming to just shoot your house. You don't know when you open that door to sin, you don't get to decide which demon comes in. So when you're in a place like that, you opening these doors and whichever demon want to come in, going to come in the demon of pornography, the demon of, of the lack of self-confidence, the demon of all types of things are again, entering in and you have no idea. So me, what motivates me is being able to get to them um, before the enemy gets to them and completely like, there's no room left for them to even be saved. You know, like they have to go through some mm-hmm. life, like about to lose their life before, you know, because that, that's a lot of times what most people do. They wait until they're about to die before they call on God, you know. And so. Right. My purpose is to help them or help the ones that haven't even been that's thinking about going because right now the strip clubs are back opening up. But guess what? So many people behind on their bills is real tempting. You know, a place like that is real tempting for somebody mm-hmm. who ain't shy. You know, and they and they and then now we got Instagram and everything that's helping them promote how much money that they're making tax free Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. these memes that Mm -hmm. say I'm one day away from this close to being a stripper and all of this. And a lot of people think it's funny, but your words are very powerful. And you saying that and joking about it 
the universe has no sense of humor. The things that you say out of your mouth, the world does not know whether you're joking or not. It's just going to start shifting so it can bring whatever you said out your mouth to manifestation. So, you know, making little jokes like that and all of that, that it, 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 it'll shift your world, you know? And so <laughs> my, my, <laughs> what motivates me again is those women and my daughters, because mm. if I wouldn't be proud for them to do it, they watching me. If I wouldn't be proud for them to do it, right? I, I, I got to make another way. If I don't make a way for them, what, who am I to say, don't go and do that? You know what I'm saying? Who am I to say, no, that's not how you should get money. Well, how should I get money then, mommy? You did this. You know what I'm saying? So okay. they, them and the people that I'm assigned to, I'm sure I'm assigned to my daughters because they, God gave them to me, you know. But my daughters and the women that um, I need to help, the, one, the ones that I need to go out there and find. And again, this is why I'm doing so much research right now on marketing and being able to get my message out there because right now I have a small following on one platform. I have a, a, a rather large following on a different platform, but it's mostly men from when I used to strip. But right now I have a very small place. Mm-hmm. When you, when you <laughs> there's this thing going around that says, I'm not stealing, scamming, or prostituting, so it's going to take me a little longer. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's so much truth in that because... <laughs> Right. I like that. Yeah. Because if I was supposed to have naked pictures, you know, it's a lot easier to get attention that way. It's a lot easier to get attention when you post a Louis bags and Gucci bags because a lot of people are so very superficial. But the challenge becomes Mm -hmm. when you have some substance about you and um, you really giving the people what they need. It's about relaying that message. First of all, giving them what they want, because a lot of times the people don't want what they need. It's about giving them what they want first right. and then sliding it on in what they need. It's like when you're trying to get your children to eat vegetables, you know, they don't want the vegetable, but you know, that's what they need. So you put a little piece of a, a little sweet corn muffin on there. Here you go. You know what I'm saying? Right. Here you go. <laughs> Here, I'll give you this, yes. but you're going to eat these vegetables. You're going to eat these vegetables too. So I know how to slide it on in there for you. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's essentially what, what you have to do when you're building something of substance and you're trying to relate to people. Why? Okay. Listen, you need this. You don't want it, but you need it. So I'm going to give you what you want and I'm going to slide in what you need. The thing is sell them what they want and give them what they need. I like that. That's the word. And in conclusion, what is the best way someone can heal from their hurt? Cause sometimes people just don't know, you know, I've been through hurt. I've been through abuse. I've been through, uh, being neglected. What's the best way that someone can possibly Okay, do? so we, if, if, if you're anywhere past the age of 10, you know, you've been hurt. And unfortunately, some girls have been hurt before that. Some girls have been being hurt, been being molested, abused since the age of six. The thing that I, the, the, the scripture that I like to stand on with this, it comes from Peter 5 and 9. And it says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. So knowing that God is not a respecter of persons, he's not going to just punish you just because you're you 
And he's not going to award people just because they're them. He awards those that work. And sometimes people get punished even though they didn't do anything wrong. But it's up to you to have faith in him and give that to him and know that your current situation is not your final destination. We see this all the time, but sometimes we got to hear something 10 times, 20 times, or sometimes we just need to hear it from a different person. But where you are right now is not where you're going to end up unless that's where you decide to stay. You know, if you decide Mm. to stay right there, nobody can help you move if that's where you choose to stay at. You know, we all like to Mm -hmm. have people relate to our pain and all of that and get sympathy and all of that. But if that's what you choose to focus on, that's what's going to grow. Wherever we focus on grows, whatever you focus on. So you got to think about the fact that there are things in your life that you thought you were not going to heal from and you thought you were not going to get over that you did heal from and that you did get over. Um, Learning how to discipline yourself to push past, feel the pain, acknowledge that it's there because that's what's healthy. It's not healthy to just push it away and pretend like it doesn't hurt. It hurts. You know, it hurts. Mm -hmm. It does hurt. But learning how to discipline yourself to a point where you still do what you're supposed to do, still do what you need to do, because you know that this that you're not going to let this situation right here become something permanent. You don't make permanent decisions when you're in a temporary circumstance, you know? So that's the truth. So, yes. I mean, yep. at the end of the day, some, some, some really tangible things that you can do is, um, again, I like to spend my hour with God and just sit there and do absolutely nothing. Like you come out of it just feeling so refreshed, so cleansed, um, finding a community of people again, because the scriptures clearly states that what you're going through, you are not the only one. You know, there's other people going through what you're going through and what you're going through is a lot more common than what you may think that think it is. If there's people that can find, uh, a community of people that are going through like certain illnesses and diseases that are new to doctors and stuff we never heard of. There's only 10,000 people in the world documented cases or whatever that have this. If they can find a community of what they're going through, I guarantee what you're going through is millions of people all over the world going through that, whether it's a breakup, a divorce, uh, being laid off, bankruptcy, foreclosure, um, whatever it is you're going through, find community of people that are going through that same thing, people that can relate to you that you can tell your story to, they can tell their story to you, you, they can tell their story to you. And you'll always know and see that it's people going through way worse than what you're going through. And it's people making do with way less than what you got. You know, just coming from a place of gratitude. And remember, I like to, when I'm feeling like this, when I'm feeling down and I'm feeling like I won't get past something or I won't be able to hear from something. I like to go back and look at all the things that God has done for me. I like to write down things, at least five to 10 things every single day of what I'm grateful for. Things that, that are simple to us, but if we didn't have it, it's not so simple things like being able to see, being able to hear, you know, being able to walk. Right. Things that are so simple, but not so simple because if you didn't have these things, now it's huge, you know? So just being able to walk, talk, being in a right frame of mind is a gift in and of itself, you know? So even if you have to just go and take a walk and 
be grateful that your legs work. You know, is it's a it's a it's a it's a right, great thing. Right. I watched this movie on Netflix with my daughter the other day, where this young girl, she was a teenager, sixteen, I think, and she was a surfer, and she got her arm bit off by a shark. Got a whole half of her arm bit off by a shark, and. me and my daughter were having this discussion and we were trying to decide whether like what would be better like to lose a leg or lose an arm and my daughter was like I would have rather just lost half my leg this is a nine-year-old then she was like I would have rather had just lost my Uh legs because at least I can use my hands to do stuff she can't even put her hair in a ponytail she can't make food right and it's all these things. And I'm like, wow, you know, just being able to put your own clothes on is something to be so grateful for, you know. And we sit here and we beat ourselves up over the mistakes and the decisions that we made when nine times out of ten, we had a red flag there. You know, we a, a lot of us can never go into things saying that we didn't yes. know any better. <laughs> You know, so most of the time <laughs> yep. we're healing from things that is was completely our fault, you know, and then some things are things that are mm-hmm. not our fault. And that even more reason why we need to let that go, because there was nothing that we could have done about that. And if there was something that you could have done about it, just, you know, man up, put your woman panties on, your big girl panties on and. Uh, forgive yourself extend yourself some grace and learn from that because again god gives us red flags we choose to ignore them then (laughs) you know when it's time to heal it's like (laughs) you know that's it you told your daughter stop jumping on the couch 10 times and she fell off and broke her leg who's she gonna be mad at you know honestly you know she mm. she had this she had the red flag. Her mother told her stop jumping on the couch ten times. You know what I'm saying? And so you 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 can't you can't be mad uh, when it's time to learn the lesson. You know it. It's just again, it's something you just got to do if you want to move on. If you want to be successful, if you want everything that you dream and desire, you can't let that hold you. You can't let your lack of forgiveness, your lack of of learning how to heal, hinder you and keep you in that same place. Cause you'll regret it five years from now, a year from now that you didn't just figure out how right. to heal from that and get over it. Now, Kier, I want to thank you so much for this time and this interview. And I know a lot of ladies don't know where to find you on social media or if there's an email address, but uh, could you just tell them, more about your business. So I have two businesses. Um, Kiara Shade, which is K I E double S as in snake, A D as in dog, E as an elephant. Um, that's my business. That that's my coaching business. I teach basically. I help teach, inspire, motivate mothers to um, to develop a a side hustle, if you will, because I know not everybody has entrepreneurship in them not everybody has uh the skills to to regulate themselves consistently but i know everybody especially if you are a mother and you a black got some hustle in them it's something you can hustle out here to bring yourself some extra income and not just be relying on your job which is nine times out of ten owned by a a caucasian male um, so I, my, my goal with that is just to, again, help teach, inspire, motivate 
women to create and attain some generational wealth by using their God-given skills, talents, and gifts to create a side hustle and bring some extra money in on the side. My second business is Mamas with Melanin, M-A-M-A-S with Melanin. And it's basically a t-shirt line, again, for um, Black mothers, not necessarily single, but Black mothers. Um, even I have some some men apparel, some black men apparel on there just to um, just to represent how proud we are to be who we are and say it with our chest, literally, you know, say it with your chest, how proud you are um, of being who you are, you know, of being who you are and loving the skin that you're in. So um, those are my two businesses, how you can find me. Well, thank you again, sis, for all your knowledge. Thank you for listening to a Second Chance at Life podcast. If this episode hasn't inspired you in any way and you believe that someone can use it, make sure you share this episode. And if you have not already subscribed to this podcast, hit the subscribe button so that you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. Until next time, have a great week.